0: These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. (laughs) For this entire month, we have teamed up with Podchaser, the IMDb, LinkedIn, Goodreads or Letterboxd podcasting, Listeners who leave a review for The Other Stories or an episode of The Other Stories on Podchaser by the 30th of August will be entered for a chance to win an Other Stories swag package consisting of a t-shirt, a mug and a TOS poster. To do this, head over to podchaser.com forward slash The Other Stories and leave a review. Hey, if you're a writer and you listen to this right now, we currently have a flash fiction competition running in the Facebook group. Go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver or just search for hawk and cleaver in the facebook search bar and come and join in the fun joshua boucher the facebook admin has posted up an audio prompt from there you will have to write a 500 word short story and the winner will get their story read on the other stories volume opener today's episode is did i own self be true written by andy condrick turner and narrated by persephone rose
1: Ramon woke to the sound of birdsong. Rays of bright morning sunshine poured in through his bedroom window, the light material of the curtains powerless to keep out the new day. Drowsily glancing at his watch, he noticed it was still early. Well, before his alarm was due to wake him. Feeling satisfied and adequately rested, Ramon decided to forego any attempt to get any more sleep and make a start on his day. After all, it looked like a good one, and as his dad always said, It's the early bird that gets the worm. As he stood and stretched, the jingling of a tiny bell announced Sam's arrival. With a series of mews punctuated with purring, Sam weaved between Ramon's legs in a display of half-affection half-reminder to provide food as Ramon moved to the window and raised the blinds to look out at the morning. Rain streaked down the glass, and from the look of the dark, overcast sky filled with dark clouds, they were due for another rainy day. As the hot water mixed with the hastily scooped instant coffee grounds at the bottom of the mug, their powers combined to create a cup of much-needed caffeine... A news report droned on from the radio on the kitchen counter as Sam worked on devouring her bowl of food in the corner of the room. Cage, once considered a near-untouchable criminal, now evidently suffering severe mental trauma remains in the custody of Japanese officials awaiting repatriation to face trial. In other news, scientists at CERN are reporting strange readings which they claim may be evidence of... Alexander, play some music. Carrie called the instruction to the digital assistant who immediately substituted the news for something a little more upbeat from one of her playlists. While she carelessly poured herself a bowl of cornflakes... A few rogue flakes making a bid for escape onto the kitchen counter as a result of haphazard pouring. She plonked herself down at the kitchen counter and zoned out for a moment, thinking about her day as the milk in her bowl turned chocolatey from her cereal. Looking down, she glanced at her watch. Shit! It was getting late! Cursing herself for oversleeping for the third time this week, Jessica sprang up and grabbed her bag, down the last slug of tea from her mug, and took a bite out of her bagel as she raced for the door. Be a good boy, Sam! She called back into the house from the front door as she made a swift exit. She wasn't sure if Sam's response was a protest or an agreement, but there was no time to waste in getting to work. It was up to her to open up the shop today. Despite it being a dry day, it was unseasonably chilly. Jessica immediately regretted her distinctly summery outfit choices, neither her blouse or skirt offering any significant protection from the cold winds which bit at her as she made her way to the nearest tube station. Well met, sir. Jake almost leapt out of his skin, turning to look at the mounted knight reproachfully for the fright before breaking into a smile. (laughs) You saucy knave! My marker was very nearly met with the fright you just gave me. Aye, perhaps I should have louder shoes fitted to my horse. Ah, but how would I then sneak upon dragons? Marcus was Jake's neighbor and the local peacekeeper assigned to their neighborhood part law enforcement, part local celebrity. The chivalrous renaissance had really done a lot to improve suburban living. The pair chatted amiably as they walked, parting ways at the bus stop.
2: You go easy now, deputy,
1: Matt called after his friend as he rode away. You be good now, partner. My grandpappy always used to say, if you can't be good... At least be careful. With a final chuckle, the pair separated and Ricky sat to await the bus. Looking up at the LCD display, one was due any moment. Perfect. He looked down at his watch, which annoyingly displayed a notification instead of the time. Resync required. Please connect to... Ricky swiped away the preview without opening the full message. You still had plenty of time. Great. A young boy sat waiting at the bus stop already, face buried in his phone, likely tapping out messages or playing some game. You been waiting long? Ricky asked in an attempt of breaking the awkward silence of their forced proximity. The boy shrugged and made a weird face. If the wind changes, you'll... Catching himself before he entirely completed a phrase which would mark to the whole world that he'd somehow turned into his own grandmother at 41, Ricky instead sat down on the bench and joined the boy in avoiding social interaction with some social media while he waited for the bus to arrive. Scrolling the homepage was always a delightful exercise in trashy tabloid stories and clickbait articles. Jasmine knew full well this was intellectual junk food, but it was a delicious guilty pleasure. Long-lost twins in Midnight Deathmatch, Psychic heralds, End of Days, Boy in Creekwood Pines claims to have hatched Harpy Eggs. Humans thought to be the dominant species in parallel realities. Tyler gave a snort of laughter at this last one, prompting a quizzical look from the old woman sitting next to him as they waited for the tram, which could now be seen approaching from the distance. They really will print anything these days, won't they? He chuckled as he folded the newspaper and tossed it into the nearby recycling bin, the resident nanobots immediately seizing the discarded document and beginning to strip it down into the component parts for repurposing. "'It wasn't
2: much different in my day,'
1: she croaked as she smiled a toothy grin. While her faded scales showed her age, she was surprisingly quick on her feet, darting into position as the tram pulled up to ensure she'd be the first to get on. With a smirk, Olivia stood and lined up behind her.
2: "'Papers, please.'
1: The driver snapped with an authoritarian tone as she approached. Olivia rolled her eyes as she handed over her ID. While bus drivers were government employees, technically speaking, everyone was a government employee, they actually had a similar level of authority to school playground monitors.
0: Um...
1: The bus driver began in a nasal whine.
2: This student ID expired in July. You'll have to pay the full adult fare.
1: Grunting, Isabel tossed the full fare into the coin tray, snatched the ticket from the printer, and stomped to the back of the bus, furious to have had to give up precious extra money on something as boring as the bus ride to college. Her heavy boots thumped with each step and prompted the other girl currently occupying the back seat to quickly reposition herself, one row forward, giving Isabel room to spread out and fume in peace. Leaning back on the seat, Isabel sighed, like her uncle Ben had always said, "Fuck 'em." She reached into her pocket and resumed play of the podcast she'd been midway through.
0: Also, I just wanted to mention we had a pretty strange five-star review submitted this week from. At Velenkin Fan27. He says, Thanks for all the great stories and that, but please shout out to Lynch. If you're listening, you need to reset the device before it's too late. Huh. Not sure what device you mean, but uh thanks for Lenkin Fan twenty-seven. These reviews are all very much appreciated.
1: The audio stopped as Mo parked up outside the office and turned off the engine. Taking a quick look at his watch, he'd made it with time to spare. Morning, Alyssa! Joe, on reception, greeted her with his usual enthusiasm as she walked through the main entrance of the plush office building. She smiled and shot him a quick wave as she crossed the lobby, her heels clicking on the high-gloss tiles as she raced to catch the elevator. Pausing to look up at the grand atrium, She pined for a moment for a life in one of the fancy offices on one of the building's higher-numbered floors. Alas, it was another day of research for her down in the windowless, artificially lit realm of the labs on basement level 3. Daniel Johnson from IT, and the grizzled old custodian of the building, whose name tag indicated was called Percy, but everyone affectionately called Old Knobbly for reasons unknown, were already in the lift as it prepared for its descent. Frank hit the button for his floor with a sigh. Here he was rubbing shoulders with the movers and shakers of his industry. It made every penny of his student debts seem worth it. He smiled politely, but stayed quiet. His mother had always said that if you can't say anything pleasant, better to say nothing at all. He glared at his watch as it flashed up an error message about needing to resync, and ground his teeth over not just sticking with a watch that told the time as they traveled in combined silence. Chris stepped confidently out of the elevator into the private reception of his personal office. Mr. Foster, sir, his PA, Jemima, PIPED UP AS SOON AS HE STEPPED INTO VIEW. YOU'VE A CALL ON LINE ONE. IT SOUNDS URGENT. NOT PAUSING TO REMOVE HIS JACKET, CHRIS strode THROUGH THE DOORS TO HIS OFFICE AND GRABBED THE PHONE WITH A SENSE OF TREPIDATION. COULD THERE BE SOMETHING WRONG WITH RACHEL OR THE KIDS? OR WAS IT ONE OF THOSE URGENT MATTERS OPERATIONS TYPICALLY CALLED HIM WITH WHICH WERE, IN HIS OPINION, A CRIMINAL USE OF THE WORD URGENT. CB FOSTER, Hello?
2: Lynch? Lynch, it's Professor Thorne. Everyone quiet down now, i finally got a direct connection. Now, listen, Lynch, you may not remember or know me. Hell, you may not know yourself right now, but look, there's not time to explain everything. We managed to break the dimensional rift, but there was a feedback loop and you were knocked in the flux. The readings look like not only are you glitching between dimensions, but you're also changing yourself, taking a place in each world you crash through. Yes, I know there's no time. I'm getting to it. Anyway, we've made a real hash of this. We need you back. Before every reality we've punched a hole through, like some moron running through a space-time balloon factory with a pair of quantum scissors, implodes into a multiversal eaten mess shit show that we can never put back together. The control module is in your wrist console. If you're not you, and I suspect you're not. You probably recognize it just as a watch, but it's very important. It's probably the only thing not changing every few seconds at this point. To pull you back home, you'll need
1: to. Je suis désolé, monsieur. Je n'ai pas les anglais. J.P. hung up the phone from what he assumed was a call from a very wrong number, who didn't just speak French anyway. Shrugging, he looked out of the window. There was some kind of commotion going on in the street below, but he couldn't make out what from up here on the 15th floor. But something wasn't right at all. The sky was... going wrong. Odd blue streaks began bleeding through the familiar fuchsia tones. An alert on Madison's watch caught her attention and she glanced down, but the message on screen made no sense. Flux shift exceeds critical limit? She read aloud, as if the words made more sense spoken. They didn't. Glancing back through the window, increasingly agitated, Josh saw some strange-looking people swimming by, all looking as confused as he was. He thought about trying to make it to the surface. A continuous, frantic series of beeps came from the watch as a smell of what he could only describe as purple washed over him. Reality delineation failure imminent? Luke sat back down at his desk, oddly serene. It's like Mom had always said. Que sera, se-?
0: hope you enjoyed today's episode of the other stories to thine own self be true was written by Emily Conwick turner narrated by persephone rose edited by carl hughes and duncan muggleton a tag team effort with music by duncan muggleton and tom robson and sound effects provided by freesound.org the episode illustration is provided by luke spooner of carry on house Andy Condrick-Turner is a UK-based writer, editor and producer of fiction, as well as an occasional podcast, crasher and quiz host with a love of all things strange and spooky. Head over to hordecomics.com to check out more of his work. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Storage, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can join our book club and movie club and chat about podcasts over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. If you want to buy a t-shirt or a mug... Or a TOS poster, that's all available at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. The other story is a production of the story studio hawk and cleaver and is brought to you with Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means, share the hell out of it. Until next time.
2: Small details are big surfaces? Tight corners are odd shapes? Flat, rounded, textured
1: or tall?